Hey, I'm Nick. And I'm Greg. Stay tuned for a new episode of the Mangina Dialogues. Okay. Uneducated, unfiltered, unhinged. This is the Mangina Dialogues. We at it again. With your host, Nick Scopes. And the Gregolicious. You know how we do, because you know we keeping it gangster and silly. Unplugged like a fool swung titty About get jitty Cause you know we down to the nitty and the gritty And we make shit sound so damn pretty Yeah Cause this unhinged comedy And right now you're in the mix So get ready Cause we bout to get it poppin' And we ain't stopping. I'm educated, unfiltered, unhinged This the Mangina Dialogues Hello and welcome to the Mangina Dialogues I am your host, Nick Scopes. And I'm Nikki Six. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> You're totally Nikki Six. <laughs> oh my God. And our guest today is a stand up comic, also resident Twitch expert, <laughs> <laughs> Natalie Cuomo. No relation to Governor Cuomo. How are you, Natalie? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for coming on. How are things going? You're in New York currently, right? I'm actually in Jersey City, but Jersey City, okay. Yeah. Greg's from Jersey. Ah, where is Jersey? Bergen County. Oh, very cool. Okay. Northern Jersey. The worst. <laughs> so how are uh, you spending the final month, week, couple weeks of 2020? The Hell best year. fucking year ever. Well, you know, today I actually made the ultimate decision not to do any more uh, in-person comedy for the rest of the year. So you're going to, you're holding out for 15 days, 16 days. I'm holding out for 15 days. I'm going to wait for the numbers to go down. I just, it's crazy. I had a bunch of shows this week and I, was, and I got my coronavirus results this morning and I found out that I'm negative, but I don't have the antibody anymore. So now I'm like, I had, yeah, I had the virus and, you know, I had the antibody in June and July and now I'm, I'm vulnerable again. Wow. Wow. Now when you had it, cause everyone's symptoms are all over the place. Like, what did you have? How sick were you? Um, you know, I was pretty sick. I, uh, I had a, a really bad cough and, uh, an inhaler and stuff. Oh shit. Yeah. So you got hit pretty hard and you're young. So I am 25. When did, <laughs> when, when did that, when did you get it in the early, early state, early days of all this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's when it was like, they, they, I read something a few months ago that said that something like 20 to 30% of people that lived in and around New York city were exposed, you know, between March and April. Yeah. And the crazy thing is the, the week before everything shut down, I was working at a, like a, an art fair with people that flew in from all over the country. So I was like, it's fucking over for me. <laughs> <laughs> this is how I go. It's my last oh, art really? fair. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> I, I, tr- I, up until then I travel a lot for, for, for work. And I mean, not a week went by for like the last three years that I wasn't on a plane or, you know, or something. And, you know, luckily I was pretty conscious of, you know, cleaning where I sit and, and being kind of cautious, but you know, when something's going on like that, there's just nothing you could do, you know, yeah. at least now people are 
much more conscious of trying to be safe and right. totally understand like trying to stay enclosed. We, on the other hand, are doing our shows. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll see what happens. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, we're, we're trying. We're, we're, I mean, you know, in Connecticut, it's different than at least it was in, in the city where, um, you know, we do our shows like that's how I met you and, and we're limited to only 25 people indoors. Right. So, you know, 25 people, it's really easy to kind of keep your space and, and be much more responsible than, you know, going to, you know, shows, even if they're outdoors, you know, yeah. there's lots of people packed, you know, in and around and not being responsible. It's easier for us. Plus we're in a big, a big restaurant facility that is very conscious of social distancing and, and, you know, being very aware of the surroundings. So we, we feel pretty, pretty safe doing it and everyone is responsible, but totally respect the I'm staying home for a few weeks. <laughs> it, it'll get you, get you on Twitch. It'll get me on Twitch. And you know what? I think I'll make more money on Twitch than these outdoor shows. So right. we'll see. I, I have a, yeah, that's a good, it's a good guess, probably. I think you we'll definitely see. make more on Twitch. Now, what do you want to do on Twitch? Are you doing like, are you going to be gaming and just like filming yourself? Or are you going to be just being funny, telling jokes or what? Well, okay. There, there are a few things. One, I'd like to just chat with people. I feel like that'd be fun. Um, two, I have two podcasts and I'd like to live stream them on Twitch when I'm recording them. And three, if I can learn how to fucking play video games, that's where the money is, baby. So let's try. <laughs> you know, it really, it's sick. It, Isn't it, it sick? Is. Yeah. How you could make like not just a little money you you could make like lamborghini money exactly uh, fucking playing call of duty it's crazy. especially especially as a good-looking girl who mm -hmm. has a personality yeah. and all those all, i'm not to diss everybody like you know nerds just like oh my god just right. watching so intently like it just makes sense i Why went not do it I went to um, a GameStop, you know, the store GameStop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a convention. They have this convention once a year. And I've been going the last few years for, for business. And they have, you know, panels where people can come up and meet their favorite whatever, you know, with, mm -hmm. whether it's a comic book illustrator or what, whatever it might be. And the ones that had the biggest lines and like most freaking out people around them were people that were professional gamers. It's crazy. Yeah, I... I I That's walked crazy. by this one girl who looked like she like literally walked out of the fifth element. Like, you know, that movie. Yeah. And I'm like, she like, is, I'm like, what is this? Like, who is this girl? Like, she's got to be some like famous cosplayer or something. And they were like, oh, no, that's blank. She plays uh, Assassin's Creed. And I'm like, I play Assassin's Creed. Like, no yeah. one's sitting behind me waiting, to, you know? Well, and, look and, at you, you know, <laughs> dude. So it was unbelievable. So you know what? Get a couple controllers and you're you're on your way to. I gotta figure this out. Yeah. Do you play video games at all? Have you? So like... my parents growing up would not let me play video games. Like I had a Game Boy for my friend and I got grounded. So this is a wow. whole new world for me. Oh wow! So <laughs> but I think hardcore. maybe maybe that's entertaining. Like so, someone who doesn't know how to play. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> could I, be. Could be hilarious. I think you'll. I think you'll do fine. Thank you. you. You'll do fine. I have no, I've never, I don't even know where you go to go on Twitch, to be honest. I don't, I'm not a video gamer either, but no it's, it's the rage. So let's talk about your podcasts. Just tell yeah. us a little bit about them. Um, I have two podcasts. One of them is called Thirst Trap Podcast. It's with my friend and comedian, Amanda Gale. And 
we just talk about all sorts of social media stuff, who's sliding in our DMs, how to take the perfect picture, fun stuff like that. <laughs> and uh, then I have another podcast called Classy Trashy Podcast. And um, that one is uh, my fiance and I interview uh, different tattoo artists. And right. that's sponsored by like this cool tattoo bomb company called uh, Mad Rabbit. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. What... Um... So you're just talking to like in, in that one, like just tattoo artists and people in the tattoo world? Yeah, people that are like heavily tattooed or are tattoo artists or I don't right. know. And what's like someone who listens to that, what are they, who, who's the typical person that listens to that? Is it someone that's like, you know, obviously into tattoos, but is there something else besides that that they, they listen in for? So I guess it would be people that like tattoos, but also, um, so our like classy trashy magazine is like a motorcycle magazine that we have. So, you know, it would, it's most likely going to be like bikers and guys like that listening to the podcast. Right. So do you talk about like motorcycles and all those kind of things that cross over? Yeah. I, there are a lot of tattoo artists that are part of the, like the biker world. So there are like quite a few of the, we've only put out four episodes, but uh, the first uh, guy we interviewed, he's very uh, in touch with like the chopper scene. So There's crossover there. Yeah, I worked for for a while with Kat Von D. Oh, cool! And uh, Inked Magazine and yeah, other tattoo stuff. So, um, I wish I should. I wish I had more tattoos. I just have had tattoo disasters. <laughs> Tell her about the one on your ankle, dude. What's a disaster? <laughs> you know Tell her about just, the ankle tattoo. Whatever. It's a fucking fraternity tattoo. Um, <laughs> Which, I mean, I can tell you funny tattoo stories. I so I've gotten I don't know five or six tattoos in my life, and the first one I ever got was at eleven o'clock in the morning. I was I think I had to be eighteen years old. I just had joined a fraternity when I was in college, and I'm sitting in this tattoo parlor in um, right outside Giant Stadium, whatever that is over there, and he the TV was on and we were watching like Bonanza like some ridiculous <laughs> being tattooed by like this old tattoo guy and yeah. he's doing my 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 ankle and I'm watching Bonanza next thing I know I I'm being smacked across the face <laughs> I had passed out from this like ankle tattoo wow not, not from pain it didn't really hurt it was that sure. typical like sensation of being tattooed okay. mm-hmm. and but I have like a, a blood pressure issue from when I was a little kid. So my blood pressure would go up and come down or go down and go up really, really quickly. And I would pass out. It like would happen at doctor's offices and like ridiculous places. It happened all the time when I was younger. And so I passed out in that tattoo. And then I get this ridiculous Irish bulldog, not Irish. Like there's no reason for me to have an Irish bulldog tattoo <laughs> on my ankle whatsoever. But it was 11 o'clock in the morning and I'm 18 years old and I picked the stupidest fucking tattoo I possibly could. <laughs> then I'm in college, fast forward a few years later, go down to the beach in New Hampshire to, to get a tattoo with a bunch of guys. And um, I, again, I just picked some ridiculous drawing that was on the wall. And I'm like, tattoo that on my shoulder. And it literally like looks like a Nazi symbol on my shoulder. And, and I'm Jewish. So it's like ridiculous. So, so he's like tattooing my arm and I'm like looking and there happens to be a poster You've probably seen it. It's like the old poster from that you would see the carnival of like four girls in different color thong bathing suits. And it's just like four yeah. girls butts. And I'm like looking at it. Next thing I know, I'm being slapped across the face. Again? Right? Again. I look up 
and my girlfriend was there at the time and I look up and I only thing I said was those are some nice asses <laughs> right? I had no like I didn't realize I had passed out and the guy was like slapping me awake and I was like what the fuck like it didn't even hurt <laughs> there was no pain whatsoever so I decided you know what maybe I'm not cut out, tat- for, that. Cut out for getting tattoos without having someone beat the shit out of me did you get the Nazi symbol covered up no, it's actually not a Nazi symbol. It just looks like something a Nazi would have tattooed on them. Like what? Like, like tribal or something? Kind of like a I don't think I've even seen it. it. It's like a sickle. It's weird. I would. I oh, I know what you're saying. Okay. And then now, actually, it's kind of better because I wound up having some skin surgery through it. <laughs> and it's, We're learning a lot about Greg on this podcast. So... The doc, this, the the dermatologist who did this skin surgery and through my tattoo was like, how much do you care about this tattoo? And I literally was like, I could give a shit less. Whatever you do to it, it's going to improve this tattoo. Like no matter what you do, cut right through it, cut a piece out. It's going to make it better. So he did his best when he put my arm back together, not to like to fuck up this tattoo as little as possible. And mm-hmm. now it actually it doesn't look that much different, but I really was expecting him to fuck it up so you couldn't see that it resembled some potential war crime. <laughs> so Natalie, what was your first tattoo? Do you remember? Um, my first tattoo was probably like a stick and poke uh, when I was in high school with my friend. So we had like some sewing needles and a pencil and some tape. You did it to yourself? <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow. God Where's damn. Your- Hmm? Where is it? Where'd you, where'd you do it? It's on my ankle. It's so funny. I like fucked up on one ankle. So I was like, ah, I'll go to the other one. Uh, is <laughs> or my heel there? on the heel. Is it yeah. still there? Can you still see it? Mm-hmm. Because mine, like the one on my ankle is kind of, I mean, it's still there, but it's way faded. They get washed out for sure. Yeah. yeah. Very, very faded. So what was your first like real tattoo? My first real tattoo, I was 18 and that same friend, she had drawn like a garlic plant and we worked on some farm together in high school. So I got that tattooed on my uh, inside of my leg. A, gar- a garlic thing. Interesting. And I mean, you're obviously very tattooed up right like now. Like, mm-hmm. did that happen fast? Did you just get that and like, wow, I really like getting tatted. And then you just kind of went for it or has that because it's, it's not been that long. It's only been a handful of years, really. Mm-hmm. So like that takes a lot of time. Um, I've been, I've gone through phases where I got tattooed a lot. I was really good friends with this guy. He owns a shop in Brooklyn and I would just go there and he'd give me like four tattoos. It was like, a, <laughs> and I, that oh, filled damn. things up pretty quickly. Then I took a break for about a year and then this year I started getting them again. Right. That's pretty cool. What's your favorite one? Uh, I just got the, well, I just got the outline of a dragon on my thigh and it is so fucking cool. Really? I didn't get it. I haven't got it on Instagram. I did. Yeah. Yeah. I think I saw that. That was dope. That's really cool. Thank you. Nick Nick has me on his thigh. It's a work (laughs) in progress. Honestly, like I, do you think I can make money? Obviously I'm broke because I'm just thinking of ways to make money. Could I make money offering people, look, I'll get your face tattooed on my leg and you'll pay (laughs) me. (laughs) Uh, You could, but I think that's a, that's a strange route to go down. That's forever. You don't want some creepy. Well, dude. or or you could just keep tatting over it. Like yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I guess, man. That's gonna that's gonna amount to one hell of a scab. 
but I'm just gonna I'm just gonna imagine like a, a good looking girl on Instagram. How many creeps are gonna be like? I'll give you a thousand dollars. Put my face on your th-. like. How many fucking weirdos are gonna come out of the woodwork for that shit? You know what I mean? It'll be my creepo thigh. It'll be my. <laughs> or you could you could sell like hand drawn tattoos of you that someone could take to a tattoo parlor and be like tattoo her on my leg. That's and true. Then, then then that that just ups the creep factor. But hey, making money. It is, this is a business meeting first, okay? <laughs> How do we make some money? Um, How do I, yeah. How do I make money without getting naked? It's pretty much. You know, it's so <laughs> I've been asking myself every morning. Me, me and Nick have this conversation all the time. Really? Work, yeah. About just, it because it, it kind of like, I don't, I, I'm, I'm just very confused somewhat on the whole like OnlyFans thing that has kind of taken over social media with like everybody being like oh I'll sell an OnlyFans and I'll sell pictures of me like this way for you know whatever eight dollars and twelve dollars and I'm like so is this like the the cautious way of getting into what you 10 years ago was webcam girls like yeah. is that what this is and he, I don't know what Nick what is your response when I try to have you unconfuse me <laughs> in this world of OnlyFans I mean it literally could be anything it's not even like it's the joke is like it's a sexual thing or whatever, but like it literally could be anything. It could right. be it's like a Patreon in a way. Like you're paying for content. I mean, there's <laughs> there's like a guy who used to be in the fitness industry. He's like this big like jack dude, and like he you know has some nude photos and like people are into that. Some people just like. Yeah, but why Post not their music? But, like, but that's what I'm saying. Like, like what's, the, what's the difference between that and doing like the Patreon thing? Like, you don't, I don't see people advertising, hey, you know, subscribe to my Patreon to see, you know, pictures of Nick Scopoletti in a singlet as much as that would do phenomenal. And I got them. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think the OnlyFans thing started as one thing, but it really could be anything. Like, it's pretty. I mean, like, if you know, for sake of argument, Natalie, if you wanted to start an OnlyFans and it was just like tattoos or right. something like that, or think like people would probably be really into that. They'd oh, I'm sure. For that, you I'm know sure. what I mean? It could be literally anything. So I don't know why. I just feel like completely averse to that entire website. I don't know. I don't know why. It just doesn't feel like it's it's weird. It's somewhere between porn and not porn. Yeah. I, that's it's, what I um, think. I, it, I do. It, I think it, it, that's what it is. In, yeah, yeah, uh, it attracts a certain yeah. Uh, it's what type of guy too. Like I, I know some girls who have OnlyFans, and I've talked to them about it, and like they're telling me about how guys just send the money to like you know, hey, dress in like workout clothes for me, and it's just like a we like I'm not hating on it. I'm not like, but like I couldn't even fathom. <laughs> Like signing up for a girl's OnlyFans and being like, I'm gonna give her twenty five dollars to wear Lululemon. Like, I don't understand. It attracts, and I think it attracts like creeps. I think it's honestly, I like support women that do it. I think it's great that they have a platform for that. I just feel like it's, um, it's almost like a cliche at this point. If I were to get an OnlyFans, I would be like, okay. (laughs) Like, it's not. There she goes again. Yeah, it's like it's not. I don't know. I, yeah. I, I think it's awesome when people can make a living doing that. I'm fucking jealous because they're making a great living. But um, there's something about it that almost feels expected. Yeah. 
yeah, I just like, think there's supposed yeah. to be. Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. You have to be. You have to certainly have the right mindset for that because mm-hmm. you know what you're getting into, right? Like right. even if you did, did it, you know, just totally innocent, showing off tattoos or whatever it is, you know what's going to come back from from guys that. You know, not all of them, of course, but certain guys are going to try to coerce you or convince you or, you know, just into the kind of shit you're not into. And if you're not really able to process that, it, it'll I think it could totally fuck someone up mentally. Yeah. yeah. You, and you don't know how it'll make you feel until right. you're there. Yeah, for right. sure. Until you're actually you got to yeah. have thick skin and much respect to those women that hustle on there. Amen. Hey, man, like you got to do what you got to do. But I mean, also, too, you have other things going on. You have. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you know, you got not to say that girls on OnlyFans don't have a personality, but you have a personality, <laughs> you're funny, you know, Thank you're a comedian, you run stuff, you have two podcasts, you're, you're, you're doing things. So that may, you know, could fuck with your brand. You know what I mean? Like in a way. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. So yeah. that like, I'm a brand guy. Like that's my real living is in the world of marketing and brand development uh-huh. and you know for sure like if someone's goal is to you know be a cam model or webcam or soft whatever it might be that's fine but if someone has loftier goals than that mm-hmm. there's definitely things that could impact you know someone taking you more seriously by having certain things you know it just is how it is right not that that's good or bad or indifferent but if you're if you're strategically trying to build a brand around whatever it is then that should come first Right. You know, and have everything be a derivative of what that brand represents, you know, and if whatever doesn't represent that, don't do it. Yeah. You know, anyway, so let's, let's talk, talk about, about nine inch nails. <laughs> I want to talk about nine inch nails. You guys are like, we're done talking about this. I was like, you know what? She's got so much other shit going on. Fuck this only fan. Oh, I know it. It's so comedy or music. Go, Greg. You we're going to get back to Twitch. Yeah. Uh, no. So I, I, I'm really curious because that was obviously the part of the metal injection um, article that they featured you in, uh, which was great. Obviously, it's great Thank seeing you. that that um, the metal community is is taking up comedy. Like that's really cool mm-hmm. that they're dedicating, p- you know, p- pieces of the magazine, whether it's digitally or whatever, to comedy. That is awesome. Right. Um, you know, and they're two very close things close to me <laughs> is metal and comedy. So seeing that was phenomenal, but more specifically nine inch nails right so mm-hmm. you mentioned in that article that you got into nine inch nails when you when you were in high school yeah right which do, doing the timeline of that kind of takes me because i'm a huge nine inch nails fan i i got into the music business solely because of nine inch nails okay and um I ran a music magazine for started it and ran a music magazine for 10 years because I, I wanted to get into a nine inch nails concert and I couldn't. Right? Why couldn't you get in? Cause it was a, it, Look was, at him. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. It, it, it was a radio, like one of those radio shows, like okay. know, they played Irving Plaza. It was one of the radio stations, you know, private shows for their, I think the fragile album mm-hmm. and you had to win tickets. And I mean, I'm not a guy who's going to sit around and try to win tickets to a concert. So I happened to have a friend in the music business who told me, you know, my buddy works at Interscope, call him. They, you know, maybe you can make up a story and get into the show. And I had just launched this bullshit website for the business I had at the time. And I was like, all right, I'll tell him that I'm starting a website for rock and roll and, you know, music. And I did. And the conversation lasted two minutes and I had to, 
express pass and tickets to this concert. Wow. And I was like, holy shit, called my friend. I'm like, we're going to see Nine Inch Nails. You know, it was Nine Inch Nails, Marilyn Manson, and Pop will eat itself, right? Like, cool. ridiculous. So the next day, I'm like, fuck, I better start this magazine. <laughs> so I did. And I ran it for 10 years, all because of a Nine Inch Nails concert I had to get into. But the question is, you got into Nine Inch Nails in high school, which takes you seven, eight, nine years ago, right? About, right? Thereabouts? Yeah. So that's just about the time that I really stopped counting on Trent to deliver records that I that I I could enjoy as much as I enjoyed the first handful of records. Right. Mm -hmm. Those first handful of records were super aggressive and like so much fun to go to those shows. And I was lucky enough to, to start seeing shows by Nine Inch Nails when on Pretty Hate Machine, which no one knew what the hell that band was or what the industrial movement was or where he came from or anything. So I went through a whole bunch of great years right up through Woodstock. And that's my Nine Inch Nails, right? right. But then when you look back to say the last 10 years of Nine Inch Nails, it's very different. Not mm-hmm. bad. I mean, I, he's a genius. Right. He, he is an absolute musical genius. You know, the, the stuff he did for social network and his work in film is just tremendous. But it's not the Nine Inch Nails that I have all my great memories to. So I'm kind of curious to where do you sit in the Nine Inch Nails world? Um, I definitely like the earlier stuff for sure. And I think uh, I kind of was in that exploratory period of my life when I discovered them. So, you know, it's not so much. I think when you're just like discovering music, it's not so much about who's making what right now. And it's more about like what's out there that I haven't heard of yet. Sure. So I definitely fall in like that earlier camp, but I do think that he's, he's truly a a brilliant person in terms of music theory and composition and, and just like the way he's able to express himself. Like if someone ever asked like, what is it in entertainment? Like he has it, you know? Yeah, sure. And it's funny because I, I did meet him last last year um and we we were on a plane together from la to to san francisco Mm -hmm. um and he was with i can't remember his name the other guy in nine Mm -hmm. his his, his producing partner and i'm like holy shit i i have to tell him this story right and i'm not someone to approach people i just i don't it it doesn't really phase me but i'm like trent reznor is right there like, I have to tell him that I started a music magazine because of him. No idea where that conversation is going to go. So I, we got off the plane and we're standing in like the, 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 where you get off the plane. It was, this is going to sound totally fucking obnoxious. It's not meant to. It was a private hangar in San Francisco. We flew this. <laughs> and Nick is like, you're a dick. But it, it wasn't that kind of private plane. But mm-hmm. anyway, so we're basically 10 people standing in this airplane hangar waiting for cars to come pick you up. So I went over to him and I was like, you know, I hate to interrupt you, but I have to tell you that my entire music career got started because of you. And he looks at me and he was like, thanks. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was the conversation. And I could tell by that. Thanks. Like he Leave didn't want on. any more of that conversation. <laughs> like, you know, you had, you certainly had that happen to you before, or you've been on the other end of that. Right. And I, I, I'm savvy enough to know that there was no more conversation at that moment to be had with Trent Reznor. <laughs> so I was like, nice to meet you. Gotta go. <laughs> Do you wish you hadn't said anything? 
No, I could care less. I'm not like one of those people that says, you know, right. wish you never met your heroes or whatever. But mm-hmm. I just figured it's my only it's the only chance I, I see where I could tell someone that had a meaningful part of of my career, you know, that they had that part. Right. right. Whether he, he wanted to hear it from me or not. And so I did. And I feel good about it. Would have been nice to have a, a follow up, you know, that is an awesome story. Three words, but didn't get any. Have yeah, you ever, I get have you ever met letter. him, Natalie? Have you ever like? Met I have him not met him, no. And uh, he did play in New York in early 2019, I think, or end of 18. And uh, I did, I missed that too. So <laughs> I'm bummed about that. And I thought there would be more opportunities, but of course there weren't. I'm pretty sure he would have given you more than one word. I don't know. You know, I think he would. I think he would. (laughs) Just a hunch. Maybe. Now, Natalie, yeah, yeah, I want to talk about comedy. Do it. You know, you got the music thing, whatever. But like, what? When did you get into stand up? I had no idea you were 25. By the way, you're so young, and you've done so much already in the stand up world and all that. So. Oh, thank you. you. Um, Yeah. How did you get your start with that? What made you want to do that? Um. First of all, thanks. That means a lot to me. And. I guess I had been, I had been wanting to be an actor like my whole life. Like since I was like in grade school, I, I took acting classes. I was always like in whatever school play. Yeah. And then I uh, went to like acting conservatory. I studied with Wynn Hanman. I don't know if you know him, he's legendary. And uh, I just wasn't really feeling like I was getting any momentum with that. So I, three years ago, just went to an open mic <laughs> and that was it. I, I just kept going that's kind of how it all goes right mm-hmm. that's the same thing with me it was two and a half years ago you go to an open mic and it's just just keep going now is it an immediate like you fell in love with stand-up right away you're like I love this is what I want to do yeah I mean at the end of the day it's performing that I'm in love with like I like stand-up because I can write my own material but I'm also equally passionate about performing somebody else I'm maybe not equally but I also would be happy to perform someone else's material in like a movie or something like that but I think I've always known that that was what I wanted to do and I enjoy being able to write my own script yeah that's it's it's very fulfilling when you like it's your thoughts or even you're just talking about things in your life and you're performing them on stage and people it resonates and you see them like nod and laugh mm-hmm. like, oh yeah like there's no better feeling where you're like oh not the only one okay that's cool it's so awesome yeah now i'm feeling sad i canceled my shows tonight jesus no. <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry there'll, there'll be plenty more don't don't worry i, I think I, you just gotta I, get through the month I keep telling I, myself that it's like I, I keep being like, all right, this is the last one, but I've I need to be fucking smart at this point. This is <laughs> no, I get. I mean, I did that in November because I had like, I I didn't have coronavirus, but I had like three different tests. I was supposedly exposed to somebody. Uh, I had this weird like twenty four hour thing where I got sick. Uh, I don't know, it wasn't coronavirus, and I got tested again before thing. And I was like, you know what? I'm not doing shit because I was like, I had to miss like my little cousin's birthday party. Oh yeah. And I was like, I was like, I'm not missing Thanksgiving in two weeks. Like that's, I did the same thing in November. I was like, I'm not fucking leaving my house till after Thanksgiving. I want to see my 70 year old father. So. And not kill him. Not kill him. He could care less about this virus, but (laughs) I'm fine. That's what he says. It's not going to happen to me. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) All right, dad. So stressful. It's just crazy. 
How much time do you spend writing? Um, I spend a fair amount of time writing. I definitely like take some time each day to try and flush out like a new premise or idea. Right. Um, I think I do a lot of my writing like on stage too. Yeah. Did you do a lot of Zoom shows? Mm-hmm, I did. And how did like how do you feel about those? I love Zoom shows. I don't know if it's because really? I live it. Maybe it's because I live in Jersey and everything takes an hour to get to. But I, <laughs> all right, that's fair. I, I love Zoom when there is a good audience. When there is like you know fifteen people paying attention with their cameras on and their mics on, it's great. You're connecting with people. They're laughing. You can work stuff out. I almost started to feel like a freedom on Zoom that I never felt on stage, and that I'm trying to bring to the stage because. I don't know. I like Zoom. Huh. Yeah. I, I can see what you mean by like a freedom. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, let's we're on Zoom right now, right? And like you can only see from here up. I'm home. I'm in sweatpants. Like, you know what I mean? You're not on like a stage, maybe freaking out before your performance. And there's always people you could see everything in front of you. So right. I could see that. So you like the Zoom shows. I didn't do any Zoom shows. I was really like, I, I just I was too, I feel like I was too new to the point where I was like, I don't even know if I could do this. Like I was just getting the hang of live standup. Right. If I go to this, I I was like, I don't know if I'm ready for that. But yeah, the the few that I watched, um, they had most people not mic like your mic turned off. So you couldn't chime in or interrupt or distract you know, everyone else watching. So it was very much like just watching someone in a box. <laughs> That's awkward. I mean, here's the thing. I feel like they can go terribly wrong. But the thing is, uh, if you have a good host, if you have someone that's like setting the tone for what is expected of the audience, because this is new for them too. So if you have someone hosting the show saying, listen, turn your mic on, turn your video on, please don't interrupt the comics, but we do want to see you smiling. It changes the entire uh, experience. Right. Yeah, that, that that's cool. Um, so what's, so you really, I mean, when you say you're going to take a break, you're taking, are you really taking a two week break or, or is it going to depend on what happens come after new year's? Like, what are you really thinking? Don't stress her out, dude. (laughs) I saw this. She's like, I don't know. No, I think, you know what? I think I'm going to take a break until, uh, January 1st. Okay. 16 days. And I'll reassess. I'll reassess. Put put that countdown on your, uh, Instagram story or something or or figure maybe that's your first twitch like countdown yeah. 16 days from today until you can figure out no live stand up your, your twitch channel i mean i do have a bunch of zoom shows lined up and pretty crazy but uh <laughs> i'm hoping to and you know podcasts and stuff i'm i'm hoping to keep that muscle moving without killing myself and my family and so, with no. your podcast how often are you recording i mean obviously if one of them is brand new and you've only done a few but how often are you recording shows for your other for both podcasts um thirst trap we record once a week and the tattoo podcast it's kind of random like we did two episodes yesterday and we hadn't done one for like two weeks so i i don't know just kind of i guess it's and out. bi-weekly right and are, is your is um is thirst trap do you guys ever bring on guests or you guys solely you just do it the two of you we have brought on some guests but uh I think I like it better with just us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, I get it. I get it. Um, yeah, no, that's cool. When, when this all first started going down in April, me and Nick just went on an absolute tear and we recorded like, I mean, I don't even know, 40 episodes, 40 different interviews over the course of five weeks. Cool. And, um, yeah. 
And at one point I'm like, dude, what are we going to do with all, all these interviews? We have enough interviews to last us through 2021. And we were like, I don't know, like the material, like the interviews are obviously at that point, were very much related to what was going on in the world, you know, being right. completely locked down in COVID. If we waited six months to put that out, and at least the thinking at the time was no one's going to care. It's not going to be meaningful. So we put out an episode every day in May. One That's, episode cool. in May, in That's May, awesome. That sound, it sounded awesome or sounds like that could have been awesome. It was a shit ton of work to like yeah. just get that all out and moving. It was it was way too much, but it was good because we really got a chance to talk to a lot of people on both coasts, um, all in the comedy world. And it was, it was fun. It was a great learning experience for us. We really got to take our show to a kind of another level at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, so highly recommend doing as many episodes as you can. Cool. Yeah. Get them going. And then kind of the last thing I want to, I want I want to ask also music related is that reading through that, you mentioned one of my favorite bands. Like, I hope you every, say Sonic Youth. Are you going to say Sonic Youth? No, I'm not. I mean, I love Sonic Youth. Okay. But, Molly Crew. Uh, wait, I, I let me finish. What I was going <laughs> to say was one of my favorite bands to see play live. Okay. Right. And obviously now we've mentioned the four bands or three of the four bands you mentioned in your article. So the only one left is Nashville Pussy. Oh my God. Yeah. Who? So my question is, do you, are you really a Nashville Pussy fan or did like, how did that come into the art? Like how did, how, just how? You know, my music <laughs> taste is genuine when it's just completely motherfucking random. Like it's, it's just, totally fucking random. I'm like Nashville Pussy. I like- guess I know about Nashville Pussy because uh, well, a comedian friend of mine told me about it in the green room once at Greenwich. And then I looked him up and I loved it. Have you ever seen them live? I have not. Oh my God. If they ever do come back around, you have to go see them play live. I was lucky again enough to see them with like the original lineup with the girl whose brother was the NBA player, the original mm-hmm. bass player. <laughs> brother was Cherry. His name is Cherokee Parks. Mm-hmm. He was a, in the NBA for a long time. Also gigantic. Like and and his sister was like six feet five. I mean, just like the band was a presence on stage. Yeah. Right? Like such a thing to see. So much power coming out of them. And just one of the all time greatest bands to ever see perform live. And I saw that I'm like, no fucking way. <laughs> I was like, there's no chance. So that's pretty awesome. I mean, that thank really you. is. You have fantastic musical tastes. Oh, thank you. Nick is going to immediately after this go listen to Nashville Pussy and then never heard of him and call me up and be like, dude, this band is amazing. We need to come out. To <laughs> no I'll check them out. I've, I've never heard of them. They're just like dirty rock and roll, mm-hmm. just aggressive, not in a metal way, aggressive. Just like if you took the Black Crows and kind of put them on speed. Yeah. Right. Like that's kind of what Nashville Pussy is. If Natalie, if I want to listen to them, what song would you say I should try first? Oh, fuck. The name of the song that I love, the first song I listened to was, uh, let me look at that. It's, um, okay. Yeah, I'm a real fan here. Uh, okay. I think the, fir- the first song I listened to was Hate and Whiskey, but I could be wrong. That Hate and Whiskey. Mm-hmm. Okay. I love, <laughs> they have a 2015 album called 10 Years of Pussy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, it, that's, it, it's that's just awesome. so good. It's just so good. I mean, their songs are mostly about like girls, drugs, and booze. Like, 
which is what I like. Yeah, I mean, hey, it they were my favorite band, one of my favorite bands to see in in you know in New York City when I was going to see shows all the time. Um, such a good time. All right, what's what was that song again? Sorry, I need Hayden <laughs> Hate whiskey. Hayden whiskey. All right, mm-hmm. I'm gonna check it out. I figured awesome. you would have, Nick would have went with uh, go to hell, pussy time, oh. or go motherfucker go. <laughs> like, these are great titles. I'm looking at all these titles right now. They're great. <laughs> like that's... till the meat falls off the bone. That's what I'm talking about. Like it's just the 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 references to like parts. <laughs> it's just so good. They're so good. Rub it to death. All right. Anyway, <laughs> Natalie, thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Um, if you want to plot, I know you're not doing shows for the next 16 days. But we also <laughs> we didn't even get to talk about it. The you run the shows uh, at the uh, the tiny cupboard, right? I do. If you want to talk about that? Talk about when they're gonna? Yeah. I don't know what, what the plan is now in New York, but I have a show every Saturday at 7 p.m. at the tiny cupboard. They're on Zoom for the next two weeks, so we will reassess after that. Um, if you're interested in watching, uh, just find me on Instagram and I'll give you the information for the tiny cupboard shows. It'll be a lot of fun. And, uh, that's pretty much it. Beautiful. And check her out on Twitch when she figures it out. Yeah. Just, just Google <laughs> Twitch. And- I uploaded a video right before this. I'm really curious to see, <laughs> you know, I had four followers last time I checked, which is pretty good for day one. So <laughs> Hey, how did they find you? Did you like say on Instagram or whatever? I'm gonna yeah. I, I just posted on Instagram. Follow me on Twitch ominously. So <laughs> we'll say. Well, we'll see how that does. Uh, anyway, seriously, thanks. This was a lot of fun. Um, we'll obviously talk about doing shows at some point with you. Awesome. Um, so with that, we're gonna end, but hang out for a sec. Okay.